Welcome to TikToking. I am your host, Kevin Hughes. You know, we all have a movie that we grew up watching that others just either thought was really weird or scary, but you always found it interesting. And for me, that movie was Fire in the Sky. I watched that movie so many times when I was young. And I mean, as a kid, if you watch it, that's that's scary shit. I mean, seeing aliens abduct somebody, you know, and then put them through all this torture. And you always have to wonder, you know, I remember after watching that, I would lay in bed and I would watch outside and I would have these crazy dreams or I would see things. And, you know, I guess they were nightmares, to be honest. But, you know, I I think it's because I always had a feeling that there was something else out there. I mean, there has to be, right? Well, today... I talked to Valerie Madison, and we have a conversation about UFOs. And you guys are going to absolutely love this. The things that she has seen, I actually have some similarities of objects that I have seen. I don't know what they were. She doesn't know what they are, but they are different. And I know you guys are really going to love this episode. It really, uh, it's it's crazy, yeah. So without further ado, please enjoy this episode of TikToking with me, Kevin Hughes. TikToking, TikToking, where creators come to play. TikToking, a TikToking, find out what they have to say. TikToking, a TikToking, fascinating interview. TikToking, a TikToking, TikToking with Kevin Hughes. Valerie Madison, how are you? Good, how are you? I'm doing great. So, so where are you from? I'm from Washington State. Washington State, what part? It's like Tacoma, Olympia-ish. Okay, I was actually born in Olympia, that's why I was asking. Oh, really? Yeah, I was. Nice. So, but I've lived in Colorado pretty much since I think my parents moved here when I was like one. Oh, and then okay. after college, I lived in LA for two years. But other than that, I've been in Colorado here. Yeah. So, I was yeah. supposed to take a trip to Colorado like a month ago or something. I, I, it got canceled because my daughter had COVID, but, but I almost went. <laughs> yeah. Just for a trip or you have friends and family here or? Um, <laughs> it was. <laughs> Actually, a really weird trip. That's a that's a little bit of a story. Um, if you want to hear it, <laughs> yeah, abs- sure. Why not? Um, <laughs> okay, so I kind of got into a couple years ago. I started getting curious about everything, like spirituality, uh, quantum physics. What are we doing here? Um, any possibilities of anything like that? And this included, you know, aliens. Uh, their existence and things like that. So I came across uh, some information about CE5. It's called Close Encounters of the Fifth Kind and learned a little bit about it. It's, uh, this sounds so weird. Um, No, not at all. I think it's cool. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, Yeah, where, I mean, like the mind, that's kind of where my mind and fiber comes from is I'm very curious about consciousness and the mind and our thoughts and things like that. Like Stephen Greer, he's big on CE5. I don't know if you've heard of Stephen Greer. I have not, no. No. Um, Well, he teaches that 
supposedly you can use meditation, specific kinds of meditations, and reach out to like light beings or aliens, um, things like that. And I was just really curious about it. Um, so I started learning about it and like tried the meditations. And anyways, I decided he was doing a conference in Colorado. And I was mm. like, you know what? I'm going to book it. I'm going to go. I'm super curious about this. And um, so I booked it. And and yeah, it's supposed to be a weekend of that. <laughs> That's pretty cool. So what what made you uh, start getting into that? Like what, I guess, what did you see something you were just like, oh, this is really interesting. And then you just started doing, you know, you're studying and stuff upon it. Or what did you do? Yeah, I started doing the meditations and I didn't know what to expect or, you know, if anything would happen or whatnot, but I was so fascinated by it. And it was probably within like a couple of weeks that I went outside one night. And I saw some crazy stuff. And it was over the span of, like, a couple of hours I ended up being out there. Hmm. And little things would pop up here and there. And I got one of the things on video. I have considered posting it on TikTok, but I don't know. (laughs) But anyone I've shown it to is, like, they've watched it over and over and over. And they're like, I don't know how to explain that. It's... Yeah, and then I was seeing things during the day, just lights hovering in the sky. I've seen a light. Um, I haven't talked about this with a lot of people, but um, one night I was, like, doing a meditation outside at night and opened my eyes afterwards, and I looked up and right above me, and I saw a light begin to form, like, from nothing and just get really bright. Just right above me. It looked like it was way, way, way up, not close or anything. Hmm. Um, and it got super bright and it stayed there uh, for, I don't know, maybe like 15 seconds or so. And then zoop, just like darted away as fast hmm. as like a shooting star. <laughs> and I don't know how to explain that at all. But um, yeah, there was just a lot of things that I was seeing. So. Uh, I wanted to explore it more. And yeah, that's what the conference was. That's what the Colorado trip was. Okay. So, yeah. wow, this has happened multiple times. You've seen different type of, I mean, UFOs, really. I mean, unidentified flying object, right? And so you saw yeah. several times. So was it, um, each time was it different or was it kind of the same each time you saw it? Uh, it was often different. I mean, sometimes hmm. I would see... You know, like I just explained, a light just sitting there and then zip off. Sometimes mm-hmm. I would see a light that it would look like a star, but it was just moving kind of sporadically. You know, not like a satellite moves, you know, slowly across the sky. And it can sometimes fade out and then get brighter. Like, I really got to know what looks like what from so wow. much gazing at the sky. But this would be like moving, you know, to the left and then down and then over to the right and then up. Um I would see, like, a bright light hovering in the sky, and then it'd just slowly move and then stop, and then another one would, like, appear next to it. It was just all kinds of stuff. Yeah. And it's really crazy because, I mean, you don't really know what it is, you know. We can have a thought or we can have an idea, but in all reality, we don't know. And it's crazy. When I was younger, me and a group of my friends, we were hanging out in a hot tub, and we actually saw something very similar to what you described, where it wasn't like flying straight, you know, it went like kind of 
I don't know, triangle and then up and down and then crazy like circles and then took off. And, and we always made a joke about it. Like, cause we all saw it. It wasn't like one person saw it and tried to explain it. Like yeah. every one of us saw it. And I guess we just never followed up with it, but we still talk about it every now and again. And this is, geez, it's gotta be about 15 years ago, maybe more that we saw this and actually about 20 years now. Wow. But yeah, super crazy. One, yeah. of the, one of those things that just sticks with you, but you can't, what are you going to do? Obsess about it the rest of your life? Like, right. Don't really but it, know. Yeah. And it really is interesting. Like I would like to, I, I truly believe there's just too much in this universe and all the other universes to not have any other living beings. Yeah. Whether or not they are so far beyond technology wise and intelligent to actually be able to come here. I don't know, but I, I do believe that there is more than just this small planet of beings. You know what I mean? Yeah, 100%. I agree. Um, and yeah, I do. And I like there's still such a stigma around it, which I think is silly. But, uh, but yeah, so that's why I, I hesitate to talk about it. But I wish I didn't hesitate because it should be just I feel I feel like it should be. Something commonly agreed upon that, like, of course there's aliens, you know, right. it just makes sense. So. When I don't know, I never understood why people make it a joke, like, or, or make people think they're crazy because they think that there's something else out there. And, yeah. and it's, you know, and it's just like, if you're religious, there's a lot of religious people on this earth and they believe in heaven and hell, but we've never seen it. So who's to say that? you're they're wrong you know what i mean exactly exactly but you don't hear you don't hear religion being made fun of as often as you would something like this you know mm -hmm. what i mean but, yeah sometimes even just saying the word aliens are like i saw a ufo it's like oh right. she's crazy <laughs> you know but so i'm i glad that i got some of it on video and and the stuff even during the day it was like i would see triangles of lights same thing that you said and it was just all kinds of stuff over the span of probably like three months. And then wow. I sort of stopped doing the meditations. Um, there were a lot of things happening in my life. And that's another thing. I think that your energy, your vibration probably really matters for if you're trying to connect with them. If you're on a lower vibration, maybe they won't show up. I don't know. That's kind of what the CE5 thing, they what they teach about it. Mm -hmm. But, um, and I just kind of stopped seeing things. Huh. It was interesting. <laughs> yeah, that is interesting. Yeah. If you ever want to share that with me, I'd be happy to take a look. I think that'd be cool to see, but yeah. that's up to you. Yeah, I can, I can send it to you. I'll share it with you. Cool. Yeah. So what do you do for a living? I, right now I'm just doing my business, which is called Mind and Fiber. Um, so I make like macrame wall hangings and decor. And um, I'm doing that full time right now. So Nice. And you just do that out of your house? Yeah, just out of my house. I have an Etsy store. Um, and then I also do a lot of private sales, like through business Venmo and, and Cash App and things like that. There's a lot of fees on Etsy, you know, so where I can, oh, yeah. I try to do it through there. So my Etsy doesn't show a ton of sales, but and then I'm also working on building my website, which is not easy <laughs> and it's taking me forever, but 
I'm literally doing the same and building a website is I thought it would be pretty simple with mm-hmm. everything they have out there. It's it's not. It's not. It, where <laughs> I got sense. hung up was all the taxes stuff and setting that up. And I'm like, yeah, I'm done for a couple yeah. months. <laughs> but, for sure. Yeah. yeah. I'm trying to get something to where I can have a website where it has links to all the different sites where you can access the podcast, my YouTube channel, and I'm going to start selling merch pretty soon. So I want to have this all readily available in one spot, but uh, maybe I'll get some time soon. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So so that's, you know, on the side working on that, but. Cool. Did you grow up there in Washington then? I did. Yeah. I grew up in Washington. um, And then in 2010, I moved to Hawaii and I lived there for four years. And then I moved back to Washington after that. Oh, why would you come back from paradise? (laughs) That's what everyone (laughs) says. They're like, what are you crazy? Why did you come back? (laughs) But the thing about living in Hawaii, I moved there thinking, I don't know what this will be. I'm exploring. I don't have any kids. I'm not married. Nothing tying me to Washington. So I figured I should go explore somewhere while I can. Mm -hmm. Um, so I don't really know how long I'd be there, but I definitely didn't think I would get tired of endless summer and I did. (laughs) Really? Yeah. It took, it took about three years, but at at about year three, I don't know that I would call it island fever, which is what everyone says people start to get. It was just more like I missed seasons. I missed my family. I started feeling really isolated being just out on an island. And now that I'm saying that, that sounds like island fever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So maybe it was a little bit of that, but. Okay. Yeah. I, I think if I could have spring, summer, and fall and get rid of winter, I'd be pretty happy. Get I'm rid not, of winter? Yeah. I've, mm. I've dealt with snow so long, like I'm over it. Every time there's a little bit of snow, everybody forgets how to drive <laughs> and it's just frustrating and. I I work outside, so, I mean, it's cold and it's, I don't know. But spring and fall are probably my favorite just because it's mild out, you know. You don't, it doesn't hit crazy temperatures and. Yeah, not too extreme. Yeah. Fall is probably my favorite and you definitely Mm -hmm. don't get fall (laughs) in Hawaii. What part of Hawaii did you live on? I lived on Maui. Um, Oh. Yeah, which was really, I feel like Maui, if you're going to move there, it's. Everyone has their own favorite island for their own reasons, but Maui is such an awesome blend of everything. Like you have um, the super tropical side that's just lush green with waterfalls and hikes and and all that. And then you have um, a more desert side. You have up on the hill, um, which is colder. There's, I think, like seven different microclimates on Maui. Something mm. crazy like that. Um, and then you have the touristy towns. You have little cute, like, hippie towns. It's just kind of everything. Okay. And that's what I was going to ask, actually, because I know that's a, a really popular destination for family vacations. So do you run into a lot of tourism or, like, it's all secluded into one little area and then the rest is for the islanders? There's, like, three different areas that tourists will stay like the west side, um, Lahaina, or Kihei, which is about a 45-minute drive from there. I lived in Kihei for a while. Kihei is a really popular tourist area, tourists mm. everywhere. Um, and then there's Wailea, which is like the ritzy, you know, all the fancy hotels and stuff are there. Um, and then there are pockets, pockets of towns that uh, they're pretty local when you get higher up 
um, towards the middle of mountain on Haleakala. Uh, it's a lot of locals up there. You don't find a lot of tourists, you know, living up there. But you'll, yeah, you'll see tourists pretty much everywhere you go. You might bump into tourists. Okay. Yeah. Well, uh, what did you do out there? I was I was a bartender. So before I started this business, um, and even when I came back from Hawaii, since I was 21, I was bartending. So that's what mm. I ended up doing out there. And then I also taught surf lessons in the mornings. So I would teach surf lessons and then either go home and shower and change and go to my nighttime bartending job. Or I would just like rest on the beach for a little bit, rinse off on the beach showers and then go bartend for the night <laughs> or oh, go to a friend amazing yeah it, w- it was really cool it really was like when i look back on it i'm like did i appreciate the time i was there what because when you're in it it can be really easy to forget you know like oh i live on maui i'm surfing and teaching and making money doing this for a living and then i go and and i was bartending in a really ritzy kind of place so all walks of life would come in there, celebrities, um, tourists, uh, locals, all kinds of stuff. So it, it was quite the lifestyle for a while. It was fun. Very cool. And what year was that? I that guess, was you two, out there? 2010 to 2014. Okay. I know there was a few movies made around that time out there. Did you get to see any of yeah. those? Yeah. Uh, just go with it was one. That's the one I was thinking. Is it? Yeah. That (laughs) was filmed when I lived there. And actually, do you know the scene? It's towards the end where there's like, who is it? Um, not Jack Johnson. What's the singer that was in it? I don't remember a singer being in it. He was, I think dating either Jennifer Aniston or something in the end. Um, oh my gosh. Oh, 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 um, he was dating Nicole Kidman. It was uh, oh. Dave Matthews. Yes, Dave Matthews. There's a scene okay. with Dave Matthews towards the end where he's sitting with like three sailors or something. Yeah, and, he's, and that's when he comes out. As yeah, <laughs> yeah, and they're like extras. One of them was my friend um, oh, from cool. Hawaii. And yeah, so he talked about that whole experience filming that scene and stuff. And then also, you know, the hula scene where they're like in a restaurant and they're doing the hula competition. Mm-hmm. That was the restaurant that I, I bartended at. Where they oh, wow. That. Yeah. So that's really cool. Yeah. So they would, um, the restaurant, it was really nice, but it was completely different than the way they had it set up for the movies. They would like break everything down at the end of, um, the day. The restaurant was still open during the day, but they would break everything down, change the whole set and scene, and then film, and then change it back the next day for the restaurant to be open. Oh, wow. Yeah. Did you get to, uh, meet any of them? No, nope, I didn't. Okay. I wasn't involved with it in any way, but that's the <laughs> restaurant that I worked at. <laughs> that's awesome. Another uh, really, one of my favorite movies that was uh, filmed there was Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Oh, yep. That might have been before you moved there, though. Yeah, I'm pretty when sure that was before. And I think they filmed a lot of that on Kauai, on a different island. Oh, not, okay. Yeah, I'm not positive. Okay. Yeah. So let's talk about your TikTok a little bit. Where did you come up with the idea for your content? Like you kind of came up with your algorithm. I, I watch your stuff. You know, you use a lot of like goofy sounds and, and it's it's a lot of fun. I mean, I think one of my favorites is the one where you're talking to your coffee, but it's a scene from <laughs> Step Brothers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's one of my favorites of yours. But so, I mean, when uh, you first got on TikTok, what, what made you decide to go that route with your content? I don't know. 
Actually, I got on TikTok about three years ago, kind of when it was pretty new. And everyone kind of made fun of me for being on it because at that time I was like, I was 33, you know, so I was ancient pretty much (laughs) for being on it. And it was a lot of young people. And um, yeah, it just wasn't out there a ton with all age groups. But I thought it was really fun making these videos. And uh, I posted only a few, but they were going viral up to, I don't know, I think one of them was like almost a million views or something. Uh, Yeah, and I had lots of followers coming in and but I was posting very different content like a little bit of bartending if you scroll all the way back you'll see I think there's two or three that I left on there but I would delete all the other ones because I didn't really understand the app fully yet and I was like notification after notification and and I in my mind assumed it was mostly spam I was like oh this is obviously spam and and I didn't know what TikTok was going to grow to be. So I didn't really take right. it seriously. Yeah. And then I ended up just kind of getting overwhelmed with the whole thing and stopped using my profile for a few years until, I don't know, maybe five, six months ago. Um, when I'm in the midst of starting my business, I was like, huh, I have, still have an account on TikTok. I wonder if that's still active. I wonder how many followers are on there now. Like, can I get back into it? So I went and checked. And, um, I got into it and there was, I think still like 3000 followers, but I changed the name to mind and fiber. And I decided I was just going to go in doing a lot of my macrame stuff, videos on that, but also just wanting to show kind of who I am, my goofy side, some of my spiritual side. It's like a little bit of everything. I don't know that I've really niched down yet, but I I don't know that I want to just yet. I'm just sort of um, just putting myself out there. And so when you got off it for a couple of years, did you not get on TikTok at all? You just didn't even look? Wow. I didn't even look at it. I just was, I got a point as this is overwhelming. I'm done. <laughs> wow. But I didn't delete the account. I just deleted the app. So. Yeah. Huh. <clears throat> Interesting. Yeah. So now, like, what are your goals? With TikTok, do you have any goals? Are you just kind of having fun with it? Or are you wanting to, you know, really use it to help your business? Or or what, like what, end game, what what do you have for it? Like, what do you want? Yeah, I I mean, I really do want to grow it into something big. But I don't know what that big something is just yet. I'm in a very, very much in an exploratory phase. Um, Right now, I, it's. It's mainly for my business, really. Like, that's what I do for a living. But I also have on the side, you know, our world is really crazy (laughs) right now. And I feel like social media is a really good way to, that you can make a difference. You know, there are videos that I come across sometimes that totally shift my day in a really good way. And um, I think it can be a really powerful tool if used in the right way. And I would like to figure out a way that I can do that as well. Sure. Um, so there's a, there's a lot of things, you know, um, a lot of ways to monetize on TikTok. And, but I think the main thing right now is my macrame business. And then also just, I think I have a story to tell, like about a little bit of a, a wild life and I'm slowly starting to open up more about things. It's hard because vulnerability has always been like one of the hardest things for me. 
Mm-hmm. But, but yeah, I think if I can do that, you know, when you see someone being genuinely vulnerable, it's just infectious. Like it, when you're around someone that it has a way of opening you up as well. And, um, I just think that's really important. Are you open to sharing any of those stories today or are you just, no. if not, that's no, I'm just kidding. Okay. Oh, I was like, Hey, that's okay. Yeah. I mean, there's just numerous parts of my life that, you know, when you're telling your life story, it's where do you start? I'm sure. not going to tell my life story start to finish, but <laughs> like I didn't have a good relationship with my dad growing up. Um, he kind of left my life in an abrupt way when I was um, about seven, mm-hmm. came into my life when I was about six and then left abruptly when I was seven. Uh And then I think all through growing up, I sort of struggled with that whole situation and I had to learn a lot of lessons the hard way. And, um, so that's one aspect of my life. I don't know if I'll get too into that, but sure. And then, um, when I was 18, another thing that really shifted my life was that I was dating someone and we were, you know, it was fast and furious in love and knew his whole family and, you know, went on camping trips and one night. When he left my house, I still lived with my parents at the time. I was 18. He was 19. Said our goodbyes, and I knew that he was really tired that night, so we talked about him staying the night, possibly, Mm -hmm. but he felt like he should get home because he had work early the next day, and I didn't want to, like, make my parents uncomfortable, and in the end, we decided he'd just drive home. Um, He ended up falling asleep driving and got in a car accident, and he passed away. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> it was it was very difficult. He, you know, I had a bad feeling. We were texting. This was when, you know, it was flip phones. and Sure. And text was very new. <laughs> so you had to really focus when you're texting. Um, we were texting the whole way that he was driving home, which was my brilliant idea. I held a lot mm. of guilt that maybe he crashed because of texting, but you know, through the investigation and stuff. They're like, there were no skid marks. There was no, there were a lot of details around it that made it clear he fell asleep driving. But the texting thing, we were, we were texting the whole way. And it wasn't very long between, you know, messages. And there was Mm -hmm. a sudden pause where five, 10 minutes went by and I got a really bad gut feeling. Just, it was a, he should have been about home by then. So I thought maybe he got home. You know, he's used the bathroom. He's getting cozy in bed to go to sleep and he'll text me goodnight. But then another like 20 minutes went by and I ended up calling his mom's house and where he was driving to. He lived with his parents and I let her know, you know, Dan is driving home. He's tired. We were messaging. No response. Maybe just check and see if he's. I don't know. I don't know what I wanted from her. I just needed to communicate. Yeah. And so I'm laying there about an hour goes by and the phone rings and it was, um, his brother calling to let me know he'd been in an accident and was airlifted to Harborview in Seattle and it wasn't looking good and to go to the hospital. And it was the next day that he passed away, but that was a massive thing that shifted my life at that age. Of course, yeah. Yeah, and that's and that was another thing that just I don't think I ever really dealt with that. I started partying a lot after that and 
and I kind of went into a next phase of life and never really dealt with that trauma or the trauma of, of my dad. Yeah, I think when uh, when something that traumatic happens, I think, especially when you're young like that, I think you don't know how to handle it. So you will do things to try to forget. And that's where the partying comes in. And, you know, you try to do anything to manipulate your mind into thinking that everything's okay. And I dealt with some of that myself. I had a friend that um, same situation. He was driving home from his girlfriend's house um, late at night and then uh, he fell asleep and they never came to the conclusion if he fell asleep or if he was swerving for an animal. But I know he was really tired when he left his girlfriend's house. So uh, bottom line is he, he ended up hitting a tree and he passed away as well. Um, but his was in, instant. Like they when they arrived on scene, he was already gone. But And just being that young, and I saw what she went through because he had left her house. So similar story to you. And as an outsider where he wasn't leaving my house, it was hard. But like to just try to think now, now that I'm 37, trying to think like what her mind was trying to process after, you know, I was the last one to see him. I was the last one to talk to him. I was, you know, and that's really hard for especially someone that young, you know? Yeah. So I, I completely, completely, but not completely understand what right. you're going through, you know? Yeah. That's, but. that's crazy that you kind of were involved in a similar or knew someone with this similar situation and mm-hmm. that's the same thing he went off the road and hit a tree but yeah they found his phone this is another ask this is a reason why I've so so many years i held on to the idea that maybe it was my fault <laughs> with the texting that they found his phone it was partially through a text to me um oh. yeah and saying i it said i wish i was holding you in my arms right now <laughs> so yeah it's a little bit like a movie, you know, but right. I mean, the officers that were on scene and anyone that investigated the whole thing really were very confident he fell asleep. So I've tried to just, even if it was from texting, you know, I can't hold on to guilt about that forever. I did for a very long time. I don't think I realized the extent of the guilt that I held on to. Yeah. <clears throat> well, and like you said, you know, back then, <laughs> I remember the texting and it was, you know, you had to hit five, three times to get L or, <laughs> yeah. you, know, you know what I mean? So yeah. it was like, it was, it was a long process. So, I mean, he could have easily started a text and he was dozing off at the same time, you know? And, right. Um, so. Uh, I'll yeah, never that's, know. That's <laughs> you know. Yeah. Yeah. But I wouldn't, like you said, I, I think you're, you're correct. You can't hold on to that guilt forever, you know, cause no matter what, whether he was texting you or he's falling asleep, there's nothing that could change about it now. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's hard because, you know, you were having that conversation. So you feel that guilt, but at the same time, it's, it's, there's nothing you can do, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. And he was choosing to text you back. So, I mean, I don't, it's true. I don't know. Yeah. It's really hard. I, I'm sorry you had to go through that. That's terrible. Yeah, I think one of the hardest parts was um, he he was very, very, very close to his family. Like, Mm. much more than your average 18-year-old something. He was very close to his mom and dad and his sister and even his aunts and cousins. Like, we would – we spent most of our time hanging out with them. And even we'd go 
hang out at his aunt and uncle's house and hang out with his like seven year old cousin and play video games and very family oriented. So to see his family through the whole thing, um, you know, there were probably 40 people at the hospital. Wow. And it was, yeah. So that it just the whole thing was tough. And that yeah. definitely shifted my life <clears throat> in a lot of ways. Yeah. So then you, you went off and you started partying a lot. And what got you out of that mode? Like what, what happened at that point? Uh, I just was getting in a lot of trouble. I was very depressed. I was, you know... I just wasn't being responsible at all. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was working and I was, li- I had roommates or at one point I lived by myself in an apartment. I just felt this extreme emptiness that what am I doing? <laughs> you know, <clears throat> and I didn't necessarily like jump into therapy or anything, but I knew something big needed to happen. Um, to change things. And that's actually when I decided to move to Hawaii. That was a big reason, you know, Hawaii, it's known to be a really healing place, very relaxing, calming. It's a whole different lifestyle. I think I just needed a big shift. And that is a big reason I moved over there. Okay. Yeah. And that makes sense. I mean, you probably didn't know anybody in Hawaii, right? You just kind of up and went. I did, actually. That's why it ended oh. up being Hawaii. I knew I wanted to move somewhere. So that was already kind of in my in my mind. I was thinking about Texas at one point. Um, I thought about San Diego. And then I had some friends that lived in Hawaii and invited me to move there. It was actually an ex-boyfriend <laughs> who was wanting okay. to get back together. Um, we had been together a few years before that, off and on. And he while we were separated, moved over there and was like, Hey, why don't we try to be together again? And why don't you move to Hawaii? And I was like, well, I'm wanting to move out of state anyways, and maybe we can make this work. And so that's why I chose that. Um, so I kind of had already a little setup, you know, a place to live. I didn't have a job lined up, um, anything like that. And he's basically the only person I knew out there. Yeah. Um, that didn't last long. (laughs) He and I, but I stayed in Hawaii, ended up staying, so. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, I had a, when I was 21, so I went through a lot with my, my dad, really. He, he was an alcoholic. Uh, he was, he was just really rough. Like, it, it was constant arguing between him and my mom and fighting. And um, so once I finished college, I knew I wanted to be part of the, in the, in the entertainment industry. And I was like, okay, I want to be in LA. So once I got done and I had enough, I literally just, I wanted to start all over. You know, I packed up my stuff, what could fit in my car anyway. And I just drove to LA with 800 bucks in my pocket and had to find a place when I got there. I stayed with my, my cousin was living out there. I stayed with her for a little bit, but then I got an apartment right away. And, um, it was, it was crazy. Just Okay, I'm going to go deep into this because this, I, this is weird to me. This Do is it. A, <laughs> so I, I'm living on Hollywood Boulevard, <clears throat> right? I'm like a block away, block or two away from the Grauman's Chinese Theater. I know nobody out there. Um, when I lived in Colorado during high school, I worked for Journeys, the shoe store. I don't okay. know if you remember. Yeah. So the <laughs> assistant cool. manager. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
the the assistant manager and I actually became really good friends. And this was to the year 2000. So, I mean, I didn't even have a cell phone at that time. I was still in high school and uh, we became friends. But then I got moved to a different town, like a different location. Uh, and when I came back to that store to visit him, because I had no way of calling him, I found out that he actually moved back to Hawaii. He's from Hawaii, uh, <laughs> which is crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah. But then, so time goes on. I graduate. I go to college. I move out to L.A. I know nobody. I'm literally, it's probably 9 o'clock at night. I'm walking down Hollywood Boulevard. I'm right across the street from that Grauman's Chinese Theater. And there's like a fight going on. There's like a, a homeless guy that or a street performer that, you know, people would throw money into his hat and uh, someone was trying to steal from his hat, like steal some of his money. So there was like a scuffle going on. Mm. Well, I just ignored, I kind of walk around it and I see the, my old buddy, my old guy that was the, the assistant manager. I look over and I look twice. I was like, I look at him. I'm like, Hey, what's your name? And, and like this fight's going on right in front of him. And he's like, <laughs> Kyle, why? Like, gets all big, like, thinking oh, yeah. I was, like, trying to fight him, you know? And I'm like, I'm like, dude, it's Kevin. Like, we work together at Journey. He's like, holy crap. He's like, oh, I just moved here. I don't know anybody. I was like, dude, I just moved here. Weird. So it was, re yeah, really crazy. I mean, I mean, that's like a needle in a haystack story, you know? Like, you run into somebody in that big of a place, and, and yeah. I knew him. And so then all of a sudden I had a friend, and even though I started all over out there and didn't know anybody at first, like having somebody that I knew from the past really actually ended up helping me a lot. And, uh, yeah, it, it was just, that, that's just a crazy story. I, I like telling that because I haven't, uh, I don't think many people have experienced something like that. And I just think it's crazy that I got to experience that, you know, and run into someone like that without having the communication we have nowadays, you know? Yeah, no, that's so, wild. Almost like yeah. meant to be, because it really does make such a massive difference. I can't, I mean, there were so many people that I met that moved to Hawaii from whatever their state was on the mainland, and they didn't know a single soul out there. Yeah. Um, Hawaii is such a collection of, it's either locals or retired people, people on vacation, or 20-somethings looking to explore the islands for a little while and have an adventure. <clears throat> so, and so, yeah. so now you, uh, you have a daughter, I heard you say earlier? I have three kids, actually. Oh, okay. Yeah. And you're married as well, or no? No, not married. Um, okay. Yeah, their dad and I separated. It's been about a year. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's good. I mean, it, it really sounds like you've you've come a long way from all the all the bad experiences you had to go through, and um, you've really you know overcome them, and now you found something that you are really into and in, in your business and even the other stuff that, you know, you're interested in and you're trying to learn more about that. And I think that's really cool. And, um, I, I'm definitely interested myself. So if you, if there's ever something going on in Colorado again, and you're flying out here, I'll, hey, I'll go with you to that conference. Cause I'm, I'm willing nice. to listen too. So, <laughs> yeah, I think he's out there a lot doing conferences. Okay. Colorado is one of his favorite go-to places. So I'm sure he'll, he'll have more. I would like to still go to one. But okay, yeah. Well, let me go back to your TikTok really quick. Um, so I actually found you on one of your lives. Do oh. you do you go live a lot? I've been going live a lot more lately. I only just started a couple months ago. 
Uh, my first live, I was so nervous. <laughs> I made it this big ordeal, like all day long. Like I got ready, I set up. I was like, I'm gonna make a macrame while on live, and you might as well, I might as well have been acting like there's gonna be two million people <laughs> watching or right. something. And I was like sweating and pacing, and I hit go live, and I was on for like an hour. I think there were like four joiners, <laughs> but. <clears throat> And then I started doing it more and more. And oftentimes now I'll just sit and chill and chat with people when I'm on live, um, play music, stuff like that. But I go on like maybe like three or four times a week. Okay. Yeah. And what do you like about going live? I, I love that it's very unpredictable. <laughs> Some of the comments that fly through there are crazy. So I guess that's why you have moderators, you know, to manage mm -hmm. that. But I kind of like that, like... You just never know what you're going to come across and who you're going to meet. And um, it's a great way to get exposure going on lives, a great way to build your account. So I love that. Um, I'm also kind of a closet introvert. So it's it's like a safe way for introverts to socialize, I guess. That might sound weird. But, you know, if you're ready to be done with socializing, it's the click of a button. It's not a like right. say goodbye to people and, you know. So I, I like that. <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't say that, but. Um. No, and that's okay. I mean, I get that too. I mean, it's when you're out with people, a goodbye could last four hours. Yeah, If you're talking exactly. to, you know, people on, on, you know, social media, even though you're not face to face with them, you're reading their comments. So it's kind of like having a conversation, but all you gotta say is, all right, going to bed guys. Yeah. Quick, you know, and. And then you don't have to drive home. You don't have to worry about all that. So, mm -hmm. no, I totally understand that. Yep. And I've actually met some of the closest people in my life right now. It sounds funny. And I wouldn't have expected it, but I've met through TikTok. You know, and they've become close friends. We talk on the phone. We make plans to visit each other. And so you can really form a genuine community of people. And yeah. I love that. Yeah, and I think, honestly, that's one of my favorite parts about coming up with this idea for this podcast because I, I swear 90, 95% of my guests I've had on, I literally text at least on a weekly basis and, like, we're wanting to hang out, you know, we're wanting to meet in person and, like, we FaceTime and, and it's so cool because, I had you know, like, I never thought, and, and a lot of them are, you know, pretty big creators and mm -hmm. I'm just like, oh, cause I'm, a, you know, I'm nobody, but <laughs> you know, I, and I'm, but I'm like, it's cool that they had so much fun having a conversation with me that they want to be friends now, you know, and, and it, it's been a lot of fun. And I, I mean, I love doing this and it's, I don't know, like TikTok has blessed me in that way. Like I started out on TikTok to just goof around. And then when I came up with this idea, it has just uh, transformed into something so much bigger and, and it's really fulfilled my life a little bit more than what I thought I could, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You really don't know. There's just, you don't know who you're going to come across, um, who you're going to meet, what new doors can open for you, how you might mm -hmm. affect someone else's life, how they might affect you. They're just, it's just, it feels so different than, um, other social media, you know, like Instagram right. or Facebook. It's so much more raw, I think. And yeah, it's a really cool platform. It can suck you in. It can suck you in big time. But 
Yeah, I I had never had an intention on being on TikTok. Um, I thought it was like, you know, lip syncing and dancing. I thought (laughs) that's what the app was for. Originally, probably. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess when it when it kind of transformed into TikTok for musically, I think that was kind of the plan, you know. But yeah, I, I and you know I had the same kind of thought process you did. I, I'm 37, so when I got in, it was 30. I was 35, I think, because it was 2020. So yeah, I was 35, and I'm like, <laughs> and I, I, I'm that guy now, you know. <laughs> Is this embarrassing for me? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, but. You know, I I think I was supposed to find it because what I'm doing now is just, I love it, you know, yeah. I really do. And I get to meet cool people like <clears throat> you, you know what I mean? Like that, nice. this is kind of like, in a way, this is like my second job. And hopefully one day it will be my only job, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, and I love meeting new people and I must have a, I must have really good taste in who I choose to ask to come on the show because... <laughs> and I'm be, no, I'm being serious because uh, oh. every single person, like I said, I mean, 95 percent of them I've become close to. And in like this conversation we're having, it's it's like we've known each other for a long time. You know, this is this is the first time we've actually talked in person. I know. It doesn't feel I know. that way at all. It has you know? flowed really easily. I, I yeah. love that. Yeah. I don't I was wondering. Remember, I asked you when you reached out. I was like, well, why me? <laughs> I think at sure. that time I was at like 10,000 followers and you're like, it's just a vibe I get. Just if it, mm-hmm. someone I think people might want to hear talk. So you, it seems like you, maybe you just follow your instincts well, you know? Yeah. And a lot of people think that oh, I'm, I'm a small, no, <laughs> <laughs> people think, you know, I'm a small creator. You have such big people on your show. It's like, well, I don't look for popularity, you know, I look for genuine people that I want to have a good conversation with. And I know my audience will also love hearing, you know, and I, when I ask somebody, it's because I get that vibe and, and if they choose not to come on the show, then I know, okay, maybe I was wrong. But if they choose to come on, (laughs) I I haven't had an issue thus far, you know, it's all been really good. That's So. so awesome. That's yeah. Good. No, I was listening to some of your other podcasts. And I was like, oh, this is, I can really see this going well for you blowing up. So, so far, so good. Yeah. You know, if I could hit that million mark, that would be extraordinary. You'll do it. You'll do Hopefully. it. Uh, I'm shooting a commercial for it in April for this podcast. So, I'm hoping once I get that out, you know, people, more people will start to see and then it'll bring more attention to this because right now you know it's it people are finding it and i've done a little bit of advertising on my social media but my guests will you know when they're on it they'll put it out to their fans and and followers and and that's what's helped but i'm really hoping i can get the attention by doing a little bit of marketing and advertising on my end so we'll see but i love it absolutely yeah well good for you that's i mean that's kind of i feel like so many people right now are just exploring what they actually want to be doing, kind of leaving their mm-hmm. nine to fives and doing random things like starting a macrame art business or <laughs> podcasting. Yeah. Um, and that, and that's really cool. So with your business, do you, do people send you ideas of what they want and you create it? Or do you have like a, a something already like, do you just create it on your own and then sell it the way you create it? Is that how it is? Like you have a store like, hey, I made this, this is for sale for this, or 
How does it work? It's kind of, it's a little of both. It's actually mm. when I first decided to start it, I was like, I'm just gonna design and create like ten to fifteen pieces and then open an Etsy store and have those all listed. But really quickly, um, it turned into a lot of custom orders. People would see the things I make, be like, Wow, I really love that. Could you make that in a bigger size in this color? And I would do that. And then I realized people really like choosing their own crystals for customization. So I give people crystal choice options. And sometimes, I mean, I had a girl reach out to me and say, I love what you make. Can you make me something that you've never done before? I want this size. I want dream catchers. I want angel wings. I want a bunch of crystal, like very specific. And so I made that. And that's now a piece that's listed as a make to order in my store. <clears throat> but I mean, I've, at this point, I've probably made... 50 or more custom orders. Um, wow. Yeah. So they, it takes a while to, I have to get in my mind um, the design that I'm going to make because very often, and it's surprising, they'll leave most of the design aspect up to me. And I, I'm like, you trust me with that? You trust my taste that you're going to spend $300 on a piece and you don't really know what it's going to look like until... I'm done, <laughs> but yeah. they do. And I, that feels like an honor to me, honestly. <clears throat> uh, yeah. Okay. So I know you said earlier you were working on a website. So mm -hmm. for all the listeners, if they want to go check out your stuff, where can they find, I guess, your store? Like, where are you advertising everything now? Um, right now my open store is on Etsy, so you can find me, Mind and Fiber. The links also, I just a few days ago put it in my TikTok bio. Okay. Um, so it's there, it's in my Instagram bio. And then as I'm building the website, you can still Google search mindandfiber.com. That's the domain. And you can always enter your email because it'll, a uh, site will pop up saying, thanks for popping in. We're working on, I love the we part. We're working on building our yeah. website. It's just me. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but yeah, you can enter your email and be notified as soon as I do launch the website. Um, okay. yeah, other than that, I'm mostly active on TikTok and Instagram and then Etsy. And that's where you can message me about custom orders as well. Okay. And I'm not too familiar with Etsy. So mm. if you go onto Etsy, you just, uh, type in the search bar, mind and fiber, and it'll bring you up. Yep. Okay. Yep. Mind and fiber. Um, and then hit shops. It'll ask for, uh, I think items or shops and just click shops. And mine is the first one that pops up because... The only Mind and Fiber. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Cool. Well, I have uh, some fast round questions if you're up for that. Yeah, sure. Okay. Well, let's do so, it. <laughs> first, uh, what is your favorite movie and your favorite TV show? Oh, my gosh. Okay, fast round. I just talked about this on my live Okay. last night. People ask questions all the time <clears throat> like this. What's your favorite song or favorite restaurant? I know this is supposed to be fast round, but I need to preface okay. this. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's so hard for me. I get stunned. I'm like, it's like I can't think of any song ever, <laughs> let alone my favorite one ever. But I'm gonna try. Okay. Okay. One more time. Question. Favorite question? movie or favorite TV show or and favorite TV show? I'll just say the first ones that come to my mind. Elf for favorite movie. Okay. Uh, favorite TV show probably Friends. Okay. Yeah. And how about um, your favorite place to go on a date? 
<laughs> it's been, what is a date? What is a date? I don't know. I, I'm probably a little more traditional in that sense. I would like to go out to dinner, but probably like sit at the bar, you know, keep it a little more casual rather than face to face. We're at a table. We're interviewing each other. Like I like lighthearted. So yeah, probably just like go to a nice dinner and chill and visit. So when you go to a dinner, what restaurant are you choosing? Uh, something casual, but still nice and elegant. Cool vibes. I don't know. There's, I, I'm picturing the restaurant where I bartended at last, mm. which is just kind of a casual fine dining steakhouse. Something along those lines. Okay. Yeah. Cool. How about uh, your favorite fictional character that you can relate to? Why does um, James from James and the Giant Peach come to mind? It was like, okay. he, it feels like he was just, uh, I don't know, had this like kind of broken lifestyle, was confused and lost and sort of alone, but finds this magical peach and decides to explore. That to me is like symbolizes finding spirituality, I guess, or opening up in that way. And it opens this whole new world to him and he realizes anything's possible. Wow, you came up with that answer quick. That, that was, was good. good. <laughs> that was really good. I'm shocked by that. <laughs> that was really good. Wow. Now, it's Friday night. You're done with work for the weekend. Are you going you going out or are you staying home? Oh, I'm staying home. I am okay. staying home. I'm already planning like what snacks I want when the kids go to bed. Uh <laughs> Maybe maybe what show I'll watch, but usually, to be honest, I'm just going to work on a macrame order. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Well, Valerie, it's been so much fun talking to you. You For you to even question why I wanted to talk to you in the first place is, is insane because this has been <laughs> a lot of fun and very interesting. And the stuff, unfortunate events that you've had to go through, but the things that you've discovered and places you've lived it's just it's really cool and it's been so much fun and i thank you so much for coming on yeah thank you for inviting me on it's my first time doing this it, it was a lot of fun we like covered everything <laughs> yeah Ish. and and uh, it's it's an honor to know that i was your uh first podcast so i always yeah. love it when i'm when it when the first time is with me so i think that's cool nice <laughs> yeah it's kind of it's kind of like and I hate to put it this way, but it's like when you lose your virginity. You always remember the first time, right? Yeah. So special. So, yeah. We'll yeah. always have this bond. Exactly. Well, thank you so much. And I really do appreciate it. And, you know, I definitely want to stay in contact. And, and you yeah. know, I, I feel like this is a friendship in the making. So, yeah, thank same. you so much. Yes, you're welcome. Thank you. All right, you have a good night, okay? All right, you too. Tick-tocking, tick-tocking, tick-tocking with Kevin Hughes. See, I bet after hearing that conversation, you believe there's something else out there as well. I bet we've all seen some crazy shit. I know I have, like you heard, and obviously Valerie has... But what a special person she is. She's just so kind and absolutely amazing. I had so much fun talking to her. I hope you guys enjoyed listening. You guys always come back and you always listen to the end. And I love you all for that. And this has been so much fun. And as always, I'm going to have another special guest for you guys next week on TikToking with me, Kevin Hughes. And if I don't see you, you know the drill. Good afternoon. Good evening.
and good night. Bye-bye now. <laughs>